Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Jamie Hill. Hi, listeners. Shannon and I are a married pair of working artists. And this podcast is our weekly date for getting on microphones and talking with one another and with you about what's mattering to us this week. Date night. Date night. <laughs> That's right. We have these friends, uh, dear friends in Boise, Idaho, and they always post pictures of them out on the town with the hashtag, no kids means it's a date. And that could be like at Lowe's yeah. or something. You know? It's always some, It's frequently something very not dating. Yeah. It's wonderful. So yeah, happy date night to everyone who celebrates. <laughs> We're so happy you're here, y'all. And hi, Shannon. Hello. Hi. Shall we start with some announcements, announcements, announcements? Yeah, you bet. I've got some. Do you? I do. Okay, you, you first. Want, okay. Uh, my first announcement is that we put out a new song last Friday. That was my announcement too. Oh, so sorry. It's kind of rain obvious. on your parade. No, you're but not. Our, I'm celebrating with you. Our second 80s kids song. <sighs> it is a, the song Drive by The Cars. Oh my <sighs> gosh. You got to go listen to it. I have to share with you my favorite little mini review that we've received. Just for, not, not from like a, an official reviewer or anything, but yeah. it's just from somebody who listened to the song and then posted this on Mastodon. A human uh, react. Brian is his name. Yeah. Brian, thank you. Hi, Brian. Uh, he says, listen immediately, colon. Shannon Curtis and Hill Jam, your, your tag, take one of the car's best songs and drive it like they stole it. Boom. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I love that so much. That's super good. <laughs> it was so fun to work on this song. It took forever. Yeah. We're being really faithful to the original intentionality oh of the songs. We're not doing cutesy interpretations. We're not doing just like whatever we feel like. We're going back to the source material. We're in many cases doing research. But we're doing like archaeology is what oh, we're yeah. doing. Yeah. Seriously, we're like really taking a lot of time to figure out what are the layers in the original recording? What are the instruments used? What are the techniques used? Because our whole point in this is not to like just do just do our own version. No. Like our intent is to like do a love, create a loving homage to yeah. the original recording. Yeah. And so yeah. we made the perhaps tactical mistake <laughs> of choosing a song that was produced by Mutt Lang with an essentially unlimited budget. Oh my God. Uh, there must be 70 tracks on the original recording. And I want you all to know <sighs> that we identified and as best we could recreated every goddamn one of those 70 tracks. Yeah, yeah. The, the vocal the vocal tracks alone were ridiculous. Like oh we had gosh. this whole like complicated sort of like map that I had to follow up in my studio to re to record all the backing vocals. Like there's one there's one lead vocal, right? Like that's yeah. that's easy. Yeah. Easy. And there's no harmonies to it or anything. No. It's just a lead vocal up the center. Super easy. But there are so many freaking backing vocals. Oh my gosh, I really have a beef with Matt Lang. I really need to just give him a piece of my mind because holy moly, that was I mean, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Also, it was so much to uncover. It was uncover. so much. Yeah. Like everything that goes ooh or ah, there's eight on this side answered by eight on that side. I know, it's All of them stacked dumb. and harmonized. And it's just, the but track volume was insane. This song came out awesome. So if you haven't heard it yet, it's streaming everywhere that you stream music. Yep. If you are a Spotify user, um, we love to rack up those plays on Spotify. It helps so us. So please it helps us. do that, yeah. Um, but if you're a Bandcamp user, it's available there. You can go down download it for as little as zero dollars. That's right. Uh, if, if you're fiscally challenged, go grab it for free. We want you to enjoy it and make it part of your life right. as much as we want rich people to do that. That's right. You are equal in our book. 
do you have any other announcements? Um, yeah, just about our show that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, we are playing our first ever, our debut theater performance in Sacramento, California on Saturday, April 22nd. Uh, shows at 8 p.m. Tickets are selling briskly. Yay. Uh, it's going to be such an amazing blowout event, y'all. Uh, we, I, I just like last week had this production conversation with a guy who runs a theater. First of all, best guy, so nerdy and into doing theater shit. It's mm-hmm. the best. It's my people. Uh, the screen that is going to be displaying the we, we have the video art. We have someone making bespoke video art, custom right. video art for every single song using computer algorithms that cue off of the music that he wrote himself. So cool. He writes computer algorithms. He's like this PhD genius guy. And he makes this amazing sort of computer-involved, responsive video art. The screen that's going to be displaying it behind us goes from left curtain to right curtain, from floor to top curtain. It literally fills the entire stage. It's bigger than our house. It's 44 feet wide by 25 (laughs) feet tall. And it's going to have these amazing, beautiful interactive videos behind us. And there's going to be lighting. There's going to be a follow spot tracking Shannon's every move. It's going to be a high production show. The sound is amazing. I'm taking care of that. You can bet your bottom dollar is going to sound cool in that theater. (laughs) We want you there. And I want people listening to know this. If free tickets would make the difference between you not coming and you coming, please reach out to me, okay? We have a bunch of generous people in our world who are live in different parts of the country who can't make it themselves, but who've reached out to them to say, we want to support the show, so we'd like to commit to buying tickets for people who want to come. Yeah. And so if, I mean, first of all, if you can just buy tickets and come to the show, obviously do that. That's great. But if not being able to buy a t- or if having someone buy a ticket for you makes a difference between you not coming and you coming let me know and we'll provide you with tickets my email is jamie j-a-m-i-e at misfitstars.com just shoot me a message let me know how many tickets you would like mm-hmm. and we'll just provide them to you our goal for this show is to have a packed house Pack it full out. of all of our most wonderful people, if you're listening to this podcast, that's obviously you. You've Obs. got good taste. We've always said that about you. Yeah. Uh, we want you there. So just let me know. Jamie at MisfitStars.com. We'll hook you up with tickets. We want to pack that freaking room, you guys, mm-hmm. and just blow this thing out. Awesome. Yes, yeah. all of that. Um, my last announcement is yeah. for Misfit Stars patron members only. Mm-hmm. And Everyone that, else don't listen. Yeah. <laughs> if you're already a member. Or hit pause. Go become a member at misfitstars.com slash support and then unpause and keep listening to Shannon. You stole my line, man. You stole my line. I didn't even know. I know. Anyway, Misfit Stars great supporting minds. members. Yeah, great minds. Uh, we're hosting a Misfit Stars Sunday brunch the day after our show in the Sacramento area. We want you to be there. Yep. You are invited. It is exclusively for our Misfit Stars supporting members. Uh, and they're like, you know, a kid or a significant other or you know family that you want to bring. We, it's just a, it's a hangout time for yeah. us. We want to get quality time. QT with you, okay? Yeah. Yep. So what we need from you is for you to RSVP and let us know that you can come. Just send one of us a message. Yeah, that'd be great. Easy That's peasy. All I've got. And also, what? one more little enticement. What? There is going to be a little secret treat 
for Misfit Stars members who show up at the show. Oh, it's a tiny little treat, it's but a it's tiny, fun. But it's rad. We've already shared it with our Misfit Stars. It's small, but it's real cool. <laughs> I'm really just trying to get more people to become Misfit Stars yes, supporting members. Good. In all seriousness, folks, in all seriousness, folks, <laughs> it helps us do our work in an ongoing, sustainable way. The reason we can provide all the stuff we make to everybody at no cost to them, I mean, even including tickets to the show if they need it. Every single thing we do, we make accessible to everyone, and it's because we're supported in our work by people who believe in us and what we do. If that's you, misfitstars.com slash support. It's an ongoing monthly small dollar thing. So if you're like, yeah, I could throw five bucks a month at Shannon and Jamie, they're rad. Well, just go do that. Misfitstars.com slash support. Thanks. And thank you. Yep. Jamie, uh-huh. how are you feeling today? You mean aside from hyped up? Well, yeah. Also, when I said Jamie just now, didn't I sound a little bit like Keely from Ted Lasso? Jamie. <laughs> I didn't mean to, but I kind of sounded a little bit like Keely. I love it. I love her. Yeah, so I love much. Ted Lasso. Yep. I'm so glad it's back. Okay, what are you feeling? How are you feeling? Thanks for asking. I am feeling happy and focused. That's great. Yeah, everything's just good in my world right now. We have a lot of stuff we're doing. It's all working. <laughs> uh, I really feel like the show is going to happen well. Mm-hmm. Which is great. I, I always knew that that would be the case, but there's always that uncomfortable middle time where like, I have faith in us and I know that we, we can do it, but also there's stuff that just isn't done yet. And Gotta like, execute. Yeah, yeah. But man, a lot of that execution has happened over the last week. We have a whole ton of the video. All the video stuff is working. All the audio stuff is working. Everything is automated. Everything is moving slickly. Now I just have to remember my cues and not fuck anything up, yeah. which is honestly the harder part because I've got like 30 of them, you know? And Shannon has to memorize a 90-minute show. But aside from that, you know, all the tech stuff is working. That's something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Feeling good. How are you good. feeling? Uh, I wrote down two words because I couldn't choose between them. I'm feeling peppy and chipper. <laughs> <laughs> this is vintage Shannon Curtis. This basically <laughs> described Shannon most of the time when I met her. <laughs> uh, what, not being able to decide or no, being peppy, peppy and, and chipper? chipper? Okay, well, yeah. I'm having a great day and feeling great. And that's all I have to say about that. Wonderful. Uh, so, Jamie, will you mm-hmm. help us get less dumb? Anyone? Anyone? Oh, man, I would love to. So this is just a quickie. People, by the way, we did such a long podcast last week. We got we had to get real into it, you know. Thank you for going there with us. Yeah. We're busy as shit, and we're going to keep this one short. Okay. And it's just going to be mostly positive stuff. <laughs> and so I just want people to get less dumb about inflation. It's just real small. Okay. And I know that people might sort of have an intuition about this, right? So... First of all, what's inflation? Inflation means increased prices. That's what inflation is. Uh-huh. It's when prices go up. Yeah. So why are prices so high? Okay, why indeed? Right? So let's get real quickly less dumb about that. Okay. So there are, uh, it's weird. Like I was reading Mastodon uh, a few days ago and like within one minute of each mm-hmm. other, two people who are experts in their respective fields, mm-hmm. uh, an attorney named uh, Kasim Rashid mm-hmm. and uh, an economist named Robert Reich, mm-hmm. Uh, they both messaged about this. They both posted about this. Mm-hmm. Literally within 60 seconds, they were back-to-back in my timeline. I was like, Crazy. whoa. Um, so it's in the ether. People are thinking about it. Yeah. So uh, what Robert Reich had to say is, uh, since 2020, the price of bread is up 22%. Flour is up 21%. Butter is up 31%. We're talking about essentials here, right? Yeah, yeah. And he says, meanwhile, food giant Cargill saw its profit double. <gasps> Since 2020? Yes. What? Their profit doubled. Oh my God. And to put this in perspective, people, like profits increasing 5% year over year is fantastically good. Doubling 
That's increasing 100%. That's 20 times more than good. So we're paying it's unreasonable. 20% roughly-ish on average more for some of these basic goods yep. that are sold at stores yeah. who have, in that same period of time, doubled their profits. The stores are not doubling their profits. The food manufacturers and distributors. I see, okay. Yeah, like Cargill, Fair uh, enough. like they, they make, uh, I think they do like flour and wheat and, and Got stuff it. like that. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's bonkers. And he continues, follow the money and the story is clear. Food corporations are using inflation as cover to jack up prices. Because right? inflation's in the news, so they're like, that's what people are going to hear. Yeah. They're never going to come looking for us. Yep, Let's totally. just jack up these prices. Let's just blame it on Joe Biden. Yeah, right, you know? right, Yeah. exactly. So, uh, and then this other guy, uh, Kasim Rashid, says, why are prices so high? USA's largest egg corp profits are up 718%. Oh my God, the eggs. 700, yeah, the largest egg corporation... In, yeah. in America, their profits have increased over sevenfold. Oh my so God. So you wonder why there's no eggs available at Costco or the grocery or wherever lately? You know, those times you go yeah, and you're like, limit yeah. one. Yeah. And like, what's, what's up with eggs? They're eggs. Why can't we get yeah. eggs? Why are eggs $7 a thing? They should be three. You know what I mean? Right. It's because. It's because the largest egg manufacturer in America is just gouging you. That's they are crazy. gouging you. The five biggest oil companies, there, there's like five main oil companies, mm -hmm. uh, their corporate profits are up 100%. That's so if you're double wondering, also. Yeah, it's double. So if you're wondering why gas prices have been high, it's not because they're getting, they're, it's not because gas and oil cost more. It costs the same. They're just charging you more. Right. That's all there is to that. Large corporate profits. So if you look kind of like big companies, yeah. Fortune 100 companies, yeah. right? Their profits are up 80%. <sighs> hmm. Inflation overall is at 6.04%, right? But wages, while wages are increasing really, really well, mm -hmm. the Biden administrations are doing some great stuff yeah. to build the economy, that. as they say, from the uh, ground up and the middle out, right? right? Uh, but wages, while increasing wonderfully, have increased quote unquote, only 4.4%. Mm -hmm. Normally that'd be something to celebrate. But when inflation's at 6%, you're still down 1.6%, right? Another way to say that is when companies are price gouging you, your, yeah. <laughs> your if companies, wage doesn't If matter. companies weren't price gouging you, right. your wage would just be 4% more powerful. Right. You know what I mean? And that's how it should be, but these companies are screwing you. Oh my God. So he sums up here saying, it's not inflation. It's not a labor shortage. It's 100% corporate greed. Same old story in America. Yeah, people. Woo. So just, I want you to be less dumb about that, right? Yes. Don't blame it on the politicians. I mean, blame it on the politicians who are protecting this kind of behavior because right. they exist. Yeah. But don't blame true. it on the ones who are trying to make this stuff not happen. That's right. And if you need help figuring out which is which, you can message one of us and we'll <laughs> let you know. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Um, well, that's, all, uh, thank you. I'm, I'm less dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, more mad, as usual. <laughs> um, but I would like to request a gold star. Well, I love that. This is, it's just really a personal thing and I don't have much to share about it. But yesterday I was sort of like thrown an emotional curveball of somebody, a contact of mine sent me an email that was just so disturbing. Mm. And I... It, like it, I didn't need that yesterday in my day. I had a very busy day. Yeah. I had a lot to do. Yeah. Do you want to talk about no, it? No, I don't. Okay. I just, but I. Do you want to talk about the nature of it generally no, so people understand? No, I don't. Okay. I just want to say Can I? no. All right. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. So 
I, but I. Sorry for vague booking, everyone. It's okay. I just, it, it threw me for a loop. I was derailed from all that I, you know, wanted to get started on yet, the first thing yesterday. Yeah. And, um, like, I just, I found, I, I felt my body just like clenching up. You know what I mean? When you, when you have that, like, yeah. when you just, like, your, your nervous system is just a wreck. Mm -hmm. That was, that was the physical, emotional result of receiving this correspondence from somebody that was just like, wow. Um, and, and so I, I, I figured in that moment, like I, my, my mind started to spiral a little bit. And then I'm like, you know what? I just need to interrupt this. Mm. I had the wherewithal in the moment to be like, I need to reset my nervous system mm -hmm. and I'm going to go for a walk mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. I'm so glad you were able to come with me. That was Jan nice. invited me, everyone. I did. I invited you to come. Um, but I was just, I, I, I feel like it's just a little gold star for me having a moment of like listening to what I needed and doing it for myself. And it really made a big difference. Like I, it's not like the, the underlying issue went away, <laughs> but like my sense of like um, peace in my day increased. Mm -hmm. I was able to like get my heart rate up for, you know, the reason of walking and not because I was just upset. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it really, it really helped. And I, I just want a little gold star for taking care of myself yesterday. Well, I'm very proud of you and I believe you deserve a gold star. Thank you very much. Nice. I thought that maybe you had one too. Is that true? Oh, just a little one. Yeah, I'm just feeling a little bit proud because yesterday I finished doing all the sound design and composing all the improvisations for the talking bits in the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's really great. It was a bunch of work. Uh, it was just a lot of like, you know, thinking about what's happening here. What does the material need? What's the mood? what's the vibe like every 30 minutes I was yelling to the kitchen like Shannon what's the feeling supposed to be here <laughs> <laughs> tell me feelings yeah feelings and it was yeah. helpful it's a you yesterday was like a definite like okay things have like some things have slotted into place that mm -hmm. we've been planning mm -hmm. and like executing like really came into focus yesterday it was really good and I, I do believe you deserve a gold star for that absolutely hell yeah Awesome. Thank you, sweetheart. I'd mm -hmm. like to thank the Academy. I'd like to thank everyone who made this possible. <laughs> my parents. Um, all right. In all seriousness, this feels important. Please hold for a very important message. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is Tuesday, April 4th. 4th. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Today is the day that the for the first time in history, uh, a former United States president was charged with crimes. Impeached. No, not impeached. I no, said impeached. I was no, like, no, no, he was arraigned. That's what I'm looking for. Arraigned. He was arraigned. On felony charges. 34. Nearly, felony, th nearly three dozen. Three, 34 felony crime charges. I feel like you could have tried a bit harder to make it an even three dozen. <laughs> yeah, and so it's a big deal. And like, we're not news analysts. We're not legal experts. We're not politicians. Like, we're, we're not the people that are going to give you the skinny on like, all the ins and outs of this. Nope. But it feels important to talk about yeah. um, just from, you know, regular people's perspective. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I, Mike, I had a question for you first and I mm. want to answer for myself too that maybe we could both answer. Just like, what do you, how are you feeling about this? Or what are you thinking about it and just in general um, about this development well, as far as feelings, you know, the petty part of me is just feeling stoked. Because I mean, <laughs> fuck that guy. Yeah, you know what I mean? I know. Uh, but setting that to one side, uh -huh. 
Uh, you know, I feel much more sober-minded about it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be a difficult journey, potentially, for our country. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of people who really don't care whether he's a criminal at all mm -hmm. and feel fiercely protective and defensive of him. And, you know, things could be ugly, depending how this goes. Also, it's not a reason not to do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sometimes in life... You've got to go through difficult stuff that you would rather not, but it's the right thing to do and it needs to happen. Right. Oh, for sure. You know, and this is definitely one of those situations. Uh, I'm glad that my mom prepared me for the idea when I was a kid, like for the idea in life that sometimes the right thing to do is hard, mm. you know, and it can be hard to do and it might make you feel like you don't want to do it, but that's not a reason not to do it. You got to suck it up. And mm -hmm. you've got to take care of business. Mm -hmm. And I, that's kind of how I feel mm -hmm. about this. You know, mm -hmm. I feel apprehensive. Uh, but well, The apprehension's coming from the fact that he still has a bunch of supporters and... Just not knowing how this sort of thing might go, yeah. you know? It seems like his star is waning. It also seems like, uh, you know, it's easy for him to rally people around the idea that the election was stolen because then he's directly touching on the idea that you were disenfranchised, your mm. vote was taken away by liberals. It's not true, but it's an easy message to sell people. I think it's a harder message to sell people that, you know, you too could have the Justice Department come after you if you pay hush money to your playmate mistress. <laughs> Right. Like, that's not a very relatable scenario, right. I don't think, for a lot of people. No. You know what I mean? And so probably people, I'm hoping, guessing, hoping, <laughs> are not going to come rushing in a rabid way to his defense for that in a violent, in-the-streets kind of way like people were doing on, say, January 6th. Right, you know, right. Hopefully the response won't rise to that. You know he's going to try to foment that sort of response. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I have apprehension about that yeah. sort of area yeah. of things for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was there a second part to your question? I just feel like there how, was. No, it was just really how, what are you thinking about it? How are you feeling about it? And yeah. uh, like, like you, there's certainly the petty part of me that was like, that's like, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, because, because fuck that guy. Like, he's just the worst example yeah. of an American human person. And you know, I want to defend your impulse and my impulse. I called it petty and you sort of piled on. And I do think that, you know, it's not the, better part of me that result that, no. that, that uh, rejoices rather in things like that. But also I think it's appropriate. Like this guy has been flagrantly brazenly committing crimes in public for at least 50 years. Yeah. I saw last week when the news broke that the grand jury in Manhattan had indicted. It was like a, it was not made public yet, but yeah. when the news broke, yeah. I saw somebody's post on Macedon that was talking about how it's been 50 years since Donald Trump was first accused of of crime. Yeah. Uh, by this, it was by the New York Times at the time. They had done this investigation. He and his father illegally denied housing to black people in New York City. Yeah. It, in the it, 70s, in early the, 70s. Yeah, 50 yeah. years ago. And that was just the first time that anything like that was publicly known. Yeah. You know, that, but yeah, like he's been doing stuff that uh, that should have been investigated for decades. Yeah. Should, like, should have been prosecuted. Yeah, is you what, know what I'm saying. I mean? Yes. Yeah, and he has skated. Uh, 
and it just rankles me on a personal level yeah. when rich people are above the law. It happens far too often in our country. I yes. mean, our country is founded upon the idea of impartial justice. Yeah. It's a cornerstone of our democracy. It's part of what makes it work. Yeah. The idea that we have a set of rules that we all are supposed to abide by. And when we see wealthy people having one set of rules and the rest of us particularly, like the poorer you get, the worse the rules get for you. Yeah. That is, it, it's infuriating to me yep. because it just feels unjust. And I have a it is bright blue justice streak going right down the center of me. And it mm. makes me really, really upset just in a moral kind of oh, way. Yeah. It feels like a moral failing when yeah. rich people get to skate by because they're rich. Yeah. And to, you know, regardless of who the person is, like any time someone who is part of the top 0.1%, mm-hmm. you know, be it monetarily or like socially, politically mm-hmm. in our country, is actually held to account for doing a crime. It feels good. It feels good. Yes. It feels like the little guys are winning one. And that's us. Like we're yeah. the little, I'm, a, I'm the little guys. We're the little guys, people. If you're listening to this, you're the little guys. <laughs> I want to be really clear about that. I can't imagine that. there's any non-little guys listening. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but- also, if there are any non-little guys listening, Fucking support our <laughs> mistressstars.com slash support. What's the matter with you? Yeah, you know, I feel like like um, Donald Trump, I hate having his name in my mouth. Yeah. I should just start calling him the defendant. I read an article this morning <laughs> where Alvin Bragg, the prosecutor, was referring to the defendant. And I'm like, oh, that's a good, that's a good nickname. That's cute. Actually. It always feels really corny to me when no, people like have nicknames for him when they're like 45 or dr- the, the words is drump. Like, oh I, my God. It feels corny to me too. And also I get it because I hate having those words in my mouth. I hate it. I know. I really do. Anyway, my, my point yeah. is this person whom we are talking about. Is really has really lately been the avatar in this in the world yeah. <laughs> for rich famous guy who lies all the time and cheats all the time and has gotten away with it for years and years and years. Like yeah. he he's that guy. Yeah. You know, like so it's it's it does feel good. And it, I mean, like you said, it's not reflective of the kinder parts of my nature to be like, yes, suck it. (laughs) You know, that's, but I do have those moments because it just feels good that like finally at, you know, on some level, this, the justice is, is working. It's working. Yeah. So as far as like how I'm feeling about it and what I'm thinking about it, like bottom line to echo what you were just saying, no one is above the law. And especially that, that you're right. That's how our system that's the only way in which our system works. You know, there are there have been people, frankly, on both sides of the political aisle who have been arguing that maybe it's not such a good idea to bring charges against against this person. Which is wild because it's the same thing basically as saying he should be allowed to keep well, doing this forever. That's my point, is that like... <laughs> That that's an untenable position if you want democracy to stick around. Yeah. Because if the person who is who wields the most power in the entire nation can just do crimes and never be account, held accountable for it, well, then you no longer have uh, you know the, you no longer have a nation in which the law the rule of law is like stands because you have somebody who has ultimate power who can then be free to use that ultimate power to do whatever they want, legal or illegal. To in, whomever in, they want. To whomever they want, including doing illegal stuff to entrench their power forever. Yeah. Like, and democracy is yeah. poof gone. So yeah, like, without rule of law, we don't have democracy really. You cannot, you cannot have democracy without the law applying to everybody. Yeah. And so it feels like something like a, 
it feels like something like a relief to me mm -hmm. that this is actually happening because yeah. I know that we've been hearing about investigations for a long time. And also there are like three other uh, felony investigations that mm -hmm. are being, uh, that are happening right now in various places mm -hmm. against Trump. There's the election interference in Georgia. Mm -hmm. There's the, and then there's the two special investigations that are happening vis-a-vis -vis his obstruction of justice about those documents he mm -hmm. took from uh, the classified documents he, he stole and lied about having. And then the other one about uh, the special uh, investigation about uh, his attempts to overturn the 2020 election and January 6th and right. all that kind of stuff, right? So there's more. There's yeah. more, like, coming down the pike. Um, but it, it just feels like, some, we've been hearing about this for a while, it feels like something of a relief to actually have, like, I mean, he was in court today. Mm -hmm. He had to plead guilt. He had to plead, enter a plea, you know, for his, he pled not guilty. For each count, yeah. For each count. Um, it's happening. Like, it feels like a relief because for so long, when somebody like him, I mean, somebody like him should have never been elected to begin with. Like, yeah. it's just insane yeah. that that happened. And granted, with a minority of the popular vote, yeah. right? Never, never has achieved the popular vote in any of the elections he's been well, in. Well, he did in this grand jury situation. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> congratulations, Trump. You have won a popular vote. Mm -hmm. um, so we've been, you know, it, it just feels like, like for years now, like really ever since election night 2016, I feel like it's been so much just like, when does right win out? Yeah. When does justice actually work? Like it's just felt like, like, I, like we've been yearning for that. <laughs> and so it feels like something of a relief to see one part of that actually happening right now. Yeah. And I feel relief about it. Um, and also my other like prevailing feeling was I, as I like reflect on all of it is also I feel, I feel sad mm. about it because you're right. Like the fact of a former president being prosecuted for crimes, uh, it's a big deal. That's a big deal. It's not going to be easy on our country because he has this cult-like following. Yeah. I shouldn't say like. It's a cult following of people who just think he's the second coming of Jesus Christ. Yeah. In many in some cases, cases, literally. literally. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, I, it's 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 going to be difficult. You know, I, I, I said this morning as we were preparing breakfast, I asked you, like, at what point do his followers just like, Look at all the charges against him, all the investigations. Like, these are the lock her up people, right? These are the people yep. who have been, like, clamoring for their political opponents to be jailed for years. Yeah. Like, and now that their guy is, like, he's racking them up. Like, the, the actual, like, I mean, he's got actual charges. And there's several other very serious investigations that are pretty far along. Yep That look like they might be ending up in charges, too. Like, I'm like, at what point do they, like, see all these... All the tallies racking up yeah, against him. Yeah, we're not him. there yet. We're not there yet. I mean, but your your answer was, well, maybe when he gets convicted, and I and I would like to think that. Yeah, or maybe not. You know, but they're they've already started attacking the Justice Department itself. So like Trump and his people have already been like trying to sow distrust in our justice system in the same way that they sowed distrust in our election system when it didn't go their way. Yeah, and so I I. I see that and I'm like, man, I don't know that folks are going to peel away because they don't have a very good record of it. I think that the point at which they uh, abandon him will be the point at which he's no longer useful to them. You Ugh. know? I mean... And if he's... How has he been useful example, to them so far? Oh, he's an avatar. 
He represents uh, all of the fuck you that they have inside of them. When will that ever stop? I mean, seriously, even after he's dead, what, what's what's to what's to? A lot of it has to do with him stoking and nurturing yeah. in a very active, ongoing, day-by-day sense, that sense of grievance and anger yeah. and chaos and hostility. Yeah. You know, if and when he is finally removed, either by natural causes or by, you know, Prison? incarceration <laughs> from the ability to do that, yeah. you know, maybe that will actually diminish some, you know? Maybe. Because I, there's a certain... Well, go ahead. It's possible. I, like, I remember when we, were, we talked about it briefly at breakfast, and I, you know, like, I would like to think that. I, there have been several moments in the last few years that I thought, oh, now's the time that people will come to their senses and be like, oh, this guy's been conning us the whole time, and he, I don't support him anymore. Like, there's been so many, there have been a few moments where I thought, okay, this, the, he's crossed the line. You know, there's just, there's, there's no way they can stick with him now. This, and like it never happens. This segues really well into the item that I have for this feels important. Oh, that's great. Can I just finish up why I'm feeling sad? Please do. Okay. So I just, I feel sad because it's it's a difficult time and I feel sad that this ever happened to us as a nation. Like all, so, so much of the stuff that, um, I mean, obviously the pandemic would have happened regardless how our leaders would have handled the pandemic had they been actually interested in serving the people and not themselves when it struck, you know, like maybe it wouldn't have been so bad here. Maybe so many people wouldn't have died in the United States, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been through a lot the last few years and it just, it makes me sad that we are, that it makes me sad that we're in a position that we have to, that we have to contemplate the idea that, that our justice system is prosecuting a former president like it just never should have happened to begin with. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all my like acceptance practices and like mm-hmm. can't go back and change any of that. But I do still feel sad about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel sad that we've been through this. Um, it's affected so many people's lives in like really tangible and painful ways yeah. to have had this guy elevated to the position that he was. <laughs> and even though he's not there anymore, it's still creating a lot of pain, tension, and struggle for people. And honestly, I think it's probably inaccurate to, lo- to, to locate the beginning of those problems with him. That's true. He's the culmination of them. You're absolutely These right. These problems are 50 years in the making, and they started with, uh, right. you know, they started with Nixon, really, and yeah. that whole era of politicking, that, uh, that desire to undo the New Deal, mm-hmm. that desire to undo the mechanisms that protected poorer people right. from richer people. The Reagan Revolution in the early 80s, yeah. right, was about that job. It was about the job of free, it was quote unquote freeing up capital, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, The whole point of trickle down economics was the idea that you had to unleash the power of the economy by letting rich people just do whatever the fuck they want. No regulations, Mm. no rules, no prosecutions, (laughs) no enforcement of existing rules. Just do what you like. Yeah, yeah. And we have been living in the results of that our entire adult lives, you and I. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, that this project basically has dovetailed almost exactly overlapped with your and my lifespans. Yeah, it's you know? true. It's from the early mid-70s, 72 for me, 74 for you, through present day. Yeah. We are living in the results of what, you know, most successfully became known as Reaganomics. And that polarization, that that economic idea has never worked economically. So to continue to sell themselves as the avatars of that, mm-hmm. these people have had to, and when I say these people, I mean Republicans, I mean right-wingers, have had to resort 
to increasingly dangerous culture wars. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, that's why trans people are being demonized right now. That's mm -hmm. why Drag Queen Story Hour has Molotov cocktails being thrown at it in Rye, New York. Like, there's so much of this stuff. Like, they can't sell us their actual political vision because, like, it's been conclusively disproven by mm -hmm. demonstrable lived history for the last 50 years. Like, we all know that economically their ideas don't work. So, to keep staying in power, what they have to do is draw people to them culturally, right? right? Which means that you get to a point 50 years into the project where things are really accelerated. They're at a, a really extreme, mm -hmm. like, iteration of that, mm -hmm. which is why you have such an extreme cultural figure as the avatar right. of it, right? right? So Trump isn't the cause. No, he's not he's the cause. He's just a logical conclusion. He's the head on the infected pimple. Mm. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, lovely metaphor. <laughs> really mean, good. Am I wrong? Yeah. Shannon's a gifted songwriter also, people. Good with words in many idioms. <laughs> so did you have a segue that you wanted to take us into? Oh, yeah. Ten minutes ago I'm I did. so sorry, but no, I, I had more to say. Yep, I get it. Um, so uh, the segue's not there any longer. But what I wanted to talk about was... Uh, there. This is really, really interesting. There is... Uh, there, researchers have discovered a new personality type. Okay. It's a novel personality type. Okay. It's a personality type that uh, psychologists have not previously identified. Okay, but so through research, have, they uh, did. So they have previously identified personality types. I mean, is that like an official scientific thing? Yeah. I know that there are like those popular tests you can take to like you know, I'm mm -hmm. not talking about Cosmo. Like, yeah. I'm talking about like. Yeah, no, know. there, there are there are uh, psychological states that okay. have been formally identified. Right. You can quantify them. Okay. Uh, you can look them up in the DSM four oh. or whatever. Okay. You know, five and uh, yeah, whatever it is now, and you can you can treat uh, them right. There are practices like you can learn in school how to deal with these psychological states, how to work with them. There are formalized disciplines around them, Personality. right? Okay. So yeah, this is the psychological new one. states. Oh, okay. okay. A psychological, a psychological state. state. You said personality, so yeah, I was confused. It's there's an overlap. Is there? there? Okay. Oh, of course there is, right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, tell me more. Yes. So uh, I'm reading from the Cambridge University Press, and keep in mind that I'm going to read you the abstract okay. of a study. Okay. That okay. was published online by the Cambridge University Press uh, just like a month and a half ago. It's a very recent thing. Okay. This. This uh, article, this research article, goes to tens of thousands of words. Okay, it's one of those things where if you like start to scroll down the browser, the scroll bar is like a millimeter tall. Oh, geez. Yeah, I'm just going to read the abstract. I haven't read the whole rest of the thing because we're very busy and I don't have time to read 30, 40, 50,000 a, you know, a novel length <laughs> right. thing about it. Yeah, but the abstract is plenty interesting. Okay, it's it says. Why are some people motivated to circulate hostile political information? Huh. While prior studies have focused on partisan motivations, we demonstrate in this study that some individuals circulate hostile rumors because they wish to unleash chaos to, quote, burn down the entire political order oh. in the hope that they gain status in the process. Okay. To understand this psychology, we theorize and measure a novel psychological state. Okay. So remember how the coronavirus is like a novel virus, right? It's a, a virus. New. Yes, it's never before been seen or identified. Right. And this is a novel psychological state. Okay. It's never before been identified. All right. And it's called the need for chaos. Okay. Capital N, capital C. 
the need for chaos. Emerging in an interplay of social marginalization and status-oriented personalities. Okay. Which is really interesting because they specifically don't say like, when they say social marginalization, it doesn't necessarily mean, they're not talking about like rich people can be like this too is the point I'm trying right. to get at, you know? If you're socially marginalized. If you're socially marginalized, yeah. Kind of an outcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Emerging in an interplay of social marginalization and status-oriented personalities across eight studies of individuals living in the United States. So not eight individuals, but eight, individ- eight studies yeah. of multiple people. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> we show that this need is a strong predictor. So again, the need for chaos is a strong predictor of motivations to share hostile political rumors, even after accounting for partisan motivations. Okay. So like you can be a hardcore right winger, but if you don't have this need for chaos, you're not going to participate in the same incredibly accelerated way that we've been witnessing Mm -hmm. emergently over the past decade or Mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, this can help illuminate differences and commonalities in the frustrations of both historically privileged and marginalized groups. Okay. To stem the tide of hostility on social media, the present findings suggest that real-world policy solutions are needed to address social frustrations in the United States. Social frustrations. Right? What... How do you how do you make policy to deal with people's social frustrations? Like, well, what do you? I mean, the very obvious one would be you dramatically strengthen the social safety net. Oh, okay. Right. We're talking about. I see. Uh, like, so again, in the larger context of the project of the last fifty years by right wingers to strip mine the United States for parts and give everything to rich people, yeah. leaving the rest of us impoverished, stressed out, uh, and sometimes without any kind of a safety net. Mm-hmm. If we could reverse that like i think what they're talking here implicitly is a reversion to new deal era politics where we actually take care of each other where we take care of each other where the money doesn't go to the top one percent who doesn't need it anyway but instead we tax the living fuck out of the top one percent ten percent fifty percent like right? we used to like we used to when america was the most prosperous right in the, like when people say make america great again <laughs> it's generally understood you're talking about what like the 50s you know yeah something like that well if you think about what actually was happening during the 50s the top marginal tax rate on wealth Wealthy people was 90%. Uh So if you made over a certain amount, the government took nine out of every $10. The theory being you didn't fucking need it. Yeah. You already had enough. Yeah. There's a line up there somewhere. We're above that line. No one needs more money than that. Yeah. Just no one does. I don't know what the line is. Is it $10 million? Is it $100 million? Think of an unreasonable amount of money. Think of an amount of money that's over the line into obscene and immoral. Yeah. And just put the line there and tax everything above that at something approaching 100%. No kidding. Just fucking take it. Like we used because, to. Because like we used to when things were better in this country. Yeah, for right? white people. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Fair. But so... Yeah, that's interesting. When you said social frustration, I thought you meant like social as in like interpersonal relationships. So that was like, how do you policy, how do you policy your no, way out of that? It's, it's as in society. But I get that. Like, but if, yes. And of course, if people had more of a sense of I'm safe, I'm secure, I've got enough food to eat, I've got a roof over my head, I'm not going to be going into massive debt if I get sick. Like there's yeah. all these things. All those we, things you just cited yes. are the reasons that people are looking for someone to blame. That's what I'm saying. Like if you remove all of those insecurities uh, from people's lives and actually build a society that takes care of each other, then there's less there's less opportunity for, for folks to come in and exploit those insecurities yeah. for 
political division and this like yeah. crazy world we're living in right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It all ties together, people. Uh, but, you know, I just thought it was so incredibly interesting. A new personality. They have measured, psych- psychologists have measured a novel psychological state called the need for chaos. The need for chaos. Crazy. Well, uh, that's not encouraging, but also it's enlightening. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? I have a different view. Oh, what is it? I think that it is encouraging because you can't treat an illness until you've identified it. Oh, there you it. go. I, I appreciate that. So true. Uh, but I really would like for us to cruise on into the inspiration station. Inspiration station. Oh man, we've got some great inspiration today. Why don't you uh, go first? Okay, cool. So um, I just came across across this post on social media by Claire Willett. Um, and Claire, uh, I'm just going to read their, her post and um, and then we can talk about it. Uh, she, says, she says, the world is a better place for having trans and non-binary people in it. A fact I know to be true because my own life is better for having trans and non-binary people in it. And because we are all liberated by having role models who joyfully explode claustrophobic binaries. And I, this is something I've been thinking about, uh, this, this general concept, um, this, this post made me think of it. I also read something similar, a thought similar in our friend, uh, Whitney Fishburne's newsletter, um, uh, I'm forgetting the name of her is newsletter. Is it Insold? Insold newsletter, yes. Um, and uh, and it's just this idea that like trans people are an awesome model for mm-hmm. us. Like trans and non-binary people, trans and non-binary binary people who have joyfully exploded claustrophobic claustrophobic binaries. Mm-hmm. Just and I, I I wholeheartedly agree with this. Mm-hmm. Like. The fact that we are given, we are handed in this life rules about this is the way things are. Mm-hmm. And those rules were inevitably made up by somebody mm-hmm. at some point along the way. Yeah. And for varying lengths of time, humanity or our society or Western culture or whatever has bought into these sets of rules. Yeah, there, which are, there are, are any rules in nature. Pretty arbitrary. I mean, there are rules of nature, but they're biologically driven and like, I'm talking more about the societal norms, right? And and this idea that trans and non-binary people have, they're showing us with their very existence that that the binary is bullshit. (laughs) And when you wrap your brain around that, when you like really like sit with that concept, even for a minute, it's like the being in the freaking matrix. You suddenly see all the numbers falling and you can see so many other ways in which we've been forced into false choices or a false definition of being because of these arbitrary rules we were handed to handed that were handed to us when we were born in this mm-hmm. society. And it's a beautiful, amazing thing when you when you think about the fact that trans and non-binary people are exploding they're exploding those norms for us mm-hmm. with their very lives. How awesome. How like, awesome. I, I just, I feel tingly with joy <laughs> thinking about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you are listening here, my trans and non-binary friends, I love you and thank you. I know that 
you're doing you just because it's you and you're living your life and doing your existence. But also you are showing so many of us the way. Mm -hmm. And thank you. Yeah. Under like really dire headwinds too. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What do you got? Oh man, this is the best. So uh, you and I have a friend. Her name is Katie. Yes. Katie Broughton. She said I could share her name. Oh, cool. Mm Mm-hmm. And she also said that I could share uh, her recently departed companion's name. His name is Vinny. Yeah. He was a very good boy. Yes, he He was. He was a dog. He was very, very sweet. And she wrote the best thing ever about him. I read this, but I'm glad I get to hear it again. Oh, my gosh. Uh... She's a wonderful writer. I asked her if I could share this. I asked her if she wanted me to anonymize it. She said, no, please share my name and Vinny's name. Oh, that's great. So Katie and Vinny, this is for you. So here's what Katie had to say about Vinny. She said, I have been thinking about my life's purpose, my sense of belonging, and how that has shifted recently. And as per usual, I wrote about it. That's like a little preamble. And then here's the thing. For the last 13.3 years, I have been focused on Vinny's happiness and quality of life. Now that he is gone, I am trying to redefine my life. I see these two concepts, purpose and belonging, as being intertwined as I move forward. I belonged to Vinny. That much was obvious by the way he protected me and interacted with me. In some ways, he belonged to me too, but I always saw him as distinctly his own person (laughs) with his quirky personality and his friends and his infamy. I never felt like I owned him. He was everyone's Vinny. I always let him make his own decisions as long as he was safe and would ask him every day what he wanted to do or where he wanted to go. He had clear and obvious ways of answering yes or no to my questions (laughs) and his choices structured our days. But he treated me like I belonged to him and it was such a sweet thing to experience. Mm. Of course, I belonged to other groups and structures, my friends, my extended family, work, community, church. As much as I know I belong in these groups, I've never really felt like I fit into a box or a mold. I've always been super independent, no partner or kids or immediate family, traveling and living and existing on my own. My life with Vinny was unique in that it broke that habit of hyper-independence. When I was in my late teens, I was welcomed into the home of a Persian friend and informally adopted by her mother shortly after. I spent almost every weekend in their home, spent summers there through my college years and beyond. For the next six years, I felt such a strong sense of belonging from people who were not my blood relatives, and it completely redefined my concepts of family and belonging. When my friend's mom, my second mother, passed away in 2008, the various family members moved around the world and currently live in four different countries. I miss everything about that time when we were all together and it felt like home. There is a phrase in Hebrew, Shali Vani Shalach, which means, you are mine and I am yours. I spent a year during undergrad living in New York and I fell in love with someone from Israel. This phrase was shared often during that time in my life. This person's friend group, around 25 people from Israel and Ethiopia, became my home away from home and showed me so much about community and family and love and compassion. That time in New York guided my career, later took me to visit Israel and Ethiopia, inspired me to start a nonprofit organization here in the States, and is one of the most precious times of my life. I felt such a sense of belonging. These times of belonging brought out that sense of purpose in my life. It inspired my actions, my creativity, my enthusiasm. My sense of purpose has always been linked to a feeling of belonging. Mm. 
My 13 years with Vinny gave me that same sense of absolute belonging and purpose. I loved how he always felt he needed to protect me, how he would watch me. I loved how he would always position himself between me and the front door or the other people on the sidewalk or any loud noises. Vinny was an absolute gift in my life for countless reasons. He was my family, the love of my life, my roommate and my protector, my best friend and my confidant, my lifesaver and superhero, especially during the medical incident in 2018. He, he literally like saved, saved her life. life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I am ever going to adopt another pet. I don't know if I can emotionally do that. But for those 13 years, it was my absolute honor to belong to Vinny. Oh, what a beautiful piece of writing. I know. And what just beautiful ideas about finding one's purpose in the context of belonging. Yeah, it's deep. It gave me a whole lot to think about. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to share it here with uh, everyone because I hope that it gives you all something to think about too. Yeah. Uh, if you... If you want to read this, you know, I will post a link uh, to the post. Uh, it's a public post that she made. I don't know how she has her Facebook locked down. It's possible that you might click on it and it might say you can't see it because you're not a friend of a yeah. friend or something. I don't know how she does that sort of thing. Uh, but, you know, I will share it. So if you're connected in some way, maybe you're friends with us and we're friends with her and that's open. You could read it if you want to reflect upon it more or just rewind and listen to me reading <laughs> it again, you know. Yeah. But I, that felt real deep to me and I hope it has brought some joy to other people today too. I'm so glad you shared it. Thank you. And thank you, Katie. Yeah. And Vinny. Yeah. Vinny was a very good boy. He was. Mm -hmm. Why don't we finish things up today with a gratitude crank up? What you got? It's so simple. I'm grateful for the sunshine today. We got to go out for an errand. I said we got to go out because like we're so busy, but I, we needed some groceries. We're essentially housebound at this point, people, with this show. It's no but joke. I, when we walked out to the garage, I just got to stand for a moment in the sunshine mm -hmm. and let it just warm the front of my body mm -hmm. and my face. Mm -hmm. And that was a beautiful moment and I'm mm -hmm. grateful for it. How about you? I wrote down too that I'm grateful for the gorgeous sunny day. Oh, good. It's just real obvious. It's a really pretty day here. So, uh, yeah, very, very grateful for that. It's, it's a lift. It's yeah. nice. Especially, honestly, especially on days when we have to just kind of be indoors because we have just an overwhelming amount of work to do and can't really afford the time to go out. It's really so nice to have it be beautiful out there because yeah. it just makes it seem a little more beautiful in here, too. Yeah. We are grateful for you, listeners. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much to our Misfit Stars supporters who make this all possible. All of it. Uh, we, we went over this earlier in the episodes. We won't belabor it again, but if you are somebody who values what we do um, and wants to uh, wants to help be a part of us keeping on doing the work that we do, yeah. the podcast, the music, all the stuff that we do, go to misfitstars.com slash support and join up. Today's a good day to do it. It's a really good day, people. If you've been hearing us talk about this and you just kind of started tuning it out, I would just invite you to tune it back in and just maybe sit for a second with the idea of possibility that is inherent in just putting a little bit of your energy in with other people's energy in that way. Yeah. You know, namely us in this in this instance. Thank you. <laughs> Misfitstars.com slash support. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with another episode. And I'm sure there'll be plenty going on to talk about. Uh, so we'll see you then. Until then, be good to yourselves and be good to each other. Yeah, we love y'all. Bye. Bye.